Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? So good to see all of you. If you got a Bible, you got a smart device, why don't you turn with me or swipe with me to uh, the Old Testament? We're going to take a look at the book of Judges, actually, just one verse, Judges chapter 16. We're going to look at verse 1 here in just a minute. But um, before we get there, have you ever noticed that like no one ever plans to just mess up their life? <laughs> right? We don't, we don't just wake up one morning and think, you know, I, I think I'm going to get fired from my job today. Or I think I'm going to go out and get addicted to drugs today. Or I think today is finally going to be the day that I'm going to cheat on my spouse and throw it all away. Like, that's not how we operate. But despite that truth, we all know people that somewhere along the way have made royal, utter messes of their lives. And if we're being honest here this morning, a lot of us, myself included, we are those people. Have you noticed that whenever tragedies like that, the, the mess that, that results in some of the decisions that we make, when tragedies like that take place in, in our lives or, or really in the lives of those around us, that we tend to summarize them in just one sentence. We'll say things like, you know, he always struggled with his weight and had a heart attack at 53. Or we'll, we'll say things like, you know, she started drinking again and ended up losing her job, the house, and the kids. Or, you know, he, he had a moral failure that destroyed both his marriage and his ministry. Like, that's it. Like, the culmination of someone's life, and we boil it down to just one brief statement, almost like the person just had a bad day, rather than experiencing a tragedy that would alter their life forever. But the truth is, this morning, is that people rarely end up in a bad place all at once. It just doesn't happen that way normally. We, we end up in a bad place because of a pattern, a cycle. One poor decision leads to one wrong step, leads to one bad habit. And we, we do this over and over and over until all of a sudden we look around only to find ourselves in a place that we never thought, we never hoped, we never dreamed we would be. Today we're continuing a series called the Power to Change, which is inspired by Pastor Craig Rochelle's book of the same name. And the premise of this series is very simple. Few things in life are more frustrating than us knowing that we need to change, than trying to change, but then not actually changing. And so in this series, we've been taking a look at some principles from God's word that will help us to discover the power to change so that you and I can begin living the life that God has designed for us to live. And so for the next few minutes today, I want to talk to you about breaking the bad habit cycle. Breaking the bad habit cycle, the one poor decision leading to one wrong step, leading to one bad habit, lather, rinse, repeat. How do we get out of that cycle? Let me give you an example. There's this guy. He's good looking. He has amazing hair, super strong, highly intelligent, tons of potential. No, I'm not talking about me. <laughs> 
Instead of leveraging his opportunities and capitalizing on the blessings that were given to him by God, this guy instead, he ends up losing his hair. He ends up losing his strength. He ends up losing his eyesight. Ultimately, he ends up losing his life. Of course, I'm talking about Samson from the book of Judges in the Old Testament. And when we read Samson's story, we think, how did someone with so much upside end up so broken? Like, how did someone that that had so much to gain end up losing everything instead? His story, when you read through it, it, it shows us that he didn't get there all at once. Rather, what we see in Samson's story is that it was one poor decision leading to one wrong step, leading to one bad habit over and over and over again. What we see in Samson's story that he didn't just take one step in the wrong direction. He actually took over 50,000 steps in the wrong direction, literally. And his downward spiral that ultimately led to his eventual destruction, the book of Judges summarizes in one sentence. Judges 16, verse 1. One day, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. See, Samson had a special call on his life from the very moment that he was born. He, uh, the Lord prophesied to his parents that, that he was going to be someone very special. And, and he was set apart as a Nazarite. And a Nazarite had, uh, in, in order to fulfill the, the duties, the qualifications of a Nazarite, um, one could never cut their hair. They had to avoid drinking wine or from partaking of the fruit of the vine altogether, and they weren't allowed to touch anything dead. That's how they remained a Nazarite. It was this special consecration that someone had been set apart for a special purpose, and so they followed these guidelines in their life. And as a result, God's hand was upon them in a mighty way. Judges chapter 13, verse 5, it tells us that, that Samson, who was called to this special purpose, that he would rescue the people of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Now, Samson's hometown was a place called Zorah, and Gaza was 25 miles away from Zorah. Now, it takes the average person around 2,000 steps, give or take, to walk a mile. And so Samson literally took 50,000 plus steps in the wrong direction for his life to be summarized in this one sentence. One day, Samson went down to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Now, Gaza, the reason it was 50,000 plus steps in the wrong direction is because Gaza was smack dab in the middle of Philistine territory. And and this, this was not just an initial thing that Samson did. There was already, when you read his story, there was already a pattern of entanglement with the Philistines. 
over and over and over in Samson's life that we see being established here that he is now just, that, that those entanglements, those missteps, they've now turned into a pattern where he's fully into these bad habits and that's ultimately going to result in his demise. And the reason that this is such a big deal is because when we're talking about the Philistines, we are talking about public enemy number one. We're talking about like Israel's arch rival. It was bigger than Florida and Georgia, bigger than Ohio State and Michigan, bigger than Duke and North Carolina, even but just barely bigger than Kentucky and Louisville. <laughs> Public enemy number one. And when we read this one verse, many of us will just read this in, in, in Samson's story and we just gloss right over it. That one day he went down to Gaza in the middle of the Philistine territory, and he spent the night with a prostitute. And, and we don't really think about the implications of that, but he had to go 25 miles out of the way into the middle of enemy territory for this to happen. And so when we take a closer look at this, the question becomes, how did Samson end up so far from home? How did he end up in the middle of this mess? Why was he willing to risk so much for so little. It wasn't just one step. It was more than 50,000 steps that got him to this place. And what we see is that Samson just figured he would rely on his strength one more time. Or that he would just fall back on his wit one more time. He thought, I've got everything under control. But he was caught up in the cycle which ultimately led to his downfall, demise, and eventual destruction. And we're exactly like Samson. None of us think that we're going to get to that point. None of us plan to even go there. Nobody plans to live paycheck to paycheck, crushed by debt and financial ruin. Nobody plans to live an undisciplined and unhealthy life ending up overweight with life-threatening ramifications. Nobody plans to grow up only to work a dead-end job that they hate and end up self-medicating with drugs and alcohol in order to cope. Nobody plans to destroy their marriage through infidelity and end up living life apart from their children. But yet, despite the fact that we don't plan for things, these things to happen, we don't set out with those as targets or goals, this stuff takes place all the time, every single day. But the good news for us this morning is that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. See, in, in this series so far, we've talked about concepts like lasting change isn't behavior modification, it's spiritual transformation. That you do what you do because of what you think of you that starting new habits is based on who we want to become in the future and if, if all of those things are true then the next step that you and i need to take is that based on who we want to become in the future not just what habit do we need to start but what habit do we need to break that's already in the cycle and pattern of our life james 121 puts it this way. James writes, 
So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your soul. It's this idea that if we can get rid of this nasty stuff, if we can get rid of the things in our hearts, in our lives that are leading us in the wrong direction, if we can break ourselves out of that pattern, then the end result is that we'll experience the power that it takes to save our soul. And so if we're going to do that, we have to get really specific with it. So it's, it's not enough to just ask, what things does the person that I want to become do? We also have to ask, what things does the person I want to become not do? See, there's a big difference there. It's not just about adding things to our life. It's also about taking things, removing things, subtracting things away so that none of that stuff is standing in the way of or counterbalancing the positive habits that we're trying to instill. Because the truth of the matter this morning is that you and I, we will never defeat what we, what we refuse to define. We will never defeat what we refuse to define. So, for example, if we want to be a person of great physical health, we don't just consider what that person does, that they go to the gym or, you know, things like that. We also need to consider what they don't do. Maybe that person doesn't eat dessert every single night of the week. Or maybe they skip the drive through more often than not. And that's how they become a person of great physical health. If we want to be someone of, of digital health, maybe that person limits social media and the interaction that they have online, or maybe they put their phone away at 8 p.m. in the evening so that they're not laying in bed in the doom loop on the scroll on Instagram every evening. Maybe we want to be someone that, that has a healthy attitude, and so that person is one that the thing that they don't do is they don't complain or they refuse to gossip. You guys see what I'm saying? Like, it's not just adding in the positives. It's also removing the negatives away. And so the question this morning is, is what habit do you need to break in order to become the person that God has designed for you to be? What habit do you need to break what is the thing that is standing in the way of you becoming who God has called you to be? That habit that you need to break. You probably already know what it is. You probably are thinking about it right now. Chances are, you've probably tried to overcome it before. You failed. And somewhere along the way, maybe you've given up. You wonder, you know, why are good habits so hard to start and, and bad habits so hard to break? Well, there's a reason when we look at, at good habits versus bad habits. Good habits promise us pain now and pay off later. Pain now, pay off later. For example, we say, we're going to start working out in the mornings because we want to get healthier. And so we're going to get up in the mornings. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to jog. We're going to ride the bike, go for a walk, whatever that's going to be. And so we, we decide that we're going to do it. And then the next morning, the alarm goes off. And man, it is early. And you were getting some good sleep. 
and you realize if I throw the covers back and get out of this bed, I'm no longer able to continue sleeping. I actually have to go and do this. Or you show up to the gym and you look and you go, man, those weights, they are heavy. (laughs) And when I work out, I'm three things that I don't like to be, sweaty, tired, and sore, right? And, and then you do all of that, and you, you go, and, and you look at yourself in the mirror, and there's no immediate change. And so the end result is that we give up. We give up. We decide it's, it's not worth it. Bad habits are the opposite of that. Bad habits promise the payoff now, but the pain comes later. See, the Big Mac and the French fries and the large Coke, they taste great in the moment. The drive-thru is quick, it's convenient, and we have that experience, and we look at ourselves in the mirror, and guess what? There's no immediate change. But 10 years later, After that pattern is established in our life, we go to the doctor and he says, you've got high cholesterol and an elevated blood pressure. We're going to have to make some changes. But with those bad habits, the result is, whereas in the good habits, we give up. The bad habits, we give in. And that's how they become a pattern in our life. Most of us, we don't ruin our lives all at once. We do it one bad habit at once. A time. So then the question is, how do we break a bad habit? How do we break a bad habit? If we're going to get rid of this stuff so that we can get it out of the way, so that we can become the people that God has designed for us to be, how do we do it? Well, back a few weeks ago, Pastor Trevor taught us that in order to establish a good habit in our life, that we need to make it easy, Right? That's how we establish good habits. If we make it easy, we are more likely to do it. And so then the reverse is also true. If we want to break a bad habit, then we need to make it difficult. So the first thing that we need to do in order to make it difficult, in order to break this cycle of bad habits in our life, if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write this down. The first thing that we need to do is remove the cue. We need to remove the cue. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 and 15 says, Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. How can we position the cues for those bad habits so that we don't even think about it, so that we're not even tempted to go that way, so that we are turned away from them and moving in the opposite direction? direction. How do we do that? Well, it starts with the habit cycle. We talked about this earlier in the series, that the habit cycle begins with the cue, which leads to the craving, which leads to the response, which then ultimately leads to the reward. And so if we're going to change a behavior, what we have to do is we first have to remove the cue. We're going to change that bad habit. We got to get that that cue out of our life so that we're no longer tempted to go down that path. And there's really five common cues that you and I, we all share. We all have these uh, in common, most of us. 
And, you know, there, there may be one or, or two of these that, that we kind of gravitate toward more than others, but there's really five um, cues in particular. Places, times, moods, moments, and people. Places, times, moods, moments, and people. These are the things that often serve as the cues in our life that trigger bad habits. Consider places, for example. You don't overeat at the gym, right? Like no one is, I've never seen anyone on the elliptical machine like with a bucket of fried chicken. I just, I haven't seen it. You're not doing that. No, you do that at the buffet. That's where you overeat, right? Where there is no restraint. You're surrounded by other people that are overeating, and so you give in and do the same. You, no, I, I, I've, never, I've never seen, um, you know, it's, it's possible that, that it's happened, but I've never seen someone roll up into a church service and, like, fire up a joint in the middle of the auditorium and smoke and get high. I've never seen that. That's not typically where we are doing that kind of thing. We're doing that at, at the party, you know, with the other people. And, and you know, and, and we're, we're caught up in the midst of, of all of that stuff. It, it's the places that we are that trigger certain behaviors in our life. Samson, he didn't sleep with a prostitute in his hometown. No, he traveled 25 miles to Gaza in the middle of enemy territory, that's when it happened. I came to tell somebody this morning, you need to get out of Gaza in your life so that you can become the person that God has designed for you to be. We want to go into the enemy's camp and think we have all kind of liberty and freedom. Stop playing around with dead things. Get away from it so that you can remove that negativity, that you can remove those obstacles and hurdles so that you can become the person that God has called you to be. The second cue that we often encounter times, you know, we're not tempted to, to watch porn in the morning while we're reading our Bible and doing our devotion. It's not when that happens. The temptation comes late at night when everyone else in the house is asleep and you're bored and alone. That, that's, when, that's when that comes. There, there are certain times when those bad habits start to creep in or, or there's, there's particular moods that serve as a cue. This one has an acronym, the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T. When you experience these things, they, they should serve as alerts to you. That, hey, this is a potential trigger for a bad habit halt. When you are hungry, when you are angry, when you are lonely, and when you are tired, H-A-L-T, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, those are typical triggers, moods that you experience that can lead to bad habits in your life. There's moments. There's moments that we experience. They're, they're part of our routine, Think about it, we, we often do the same thing after a moment in time. We wake up, we use the bathroom, we brush our teeth, we get dressed. Like there's a routine that is built into these certain things that, that take place in our life. And oftentimes those can result in a bad habit. We have a fight with our spouse 
And then the routine is the, 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 the moment that triggers that is that we call and tech, or call or text a friend to, to bash our spouse and what just happened. Can you believe this is what they said? This is what they did. This is how they treated me. Or the team wins the big game and we're celebrating. And so we go out and we get drunk with our buddies to celebrate the victory. Or, or we fail a test and so we pig out on junk food to cope. You know, something negative happens. It's a trigger. And, and, you know, all the ice cream and the pork rinds and the whole deal, like everything, just bring it all to me. And that becomes a pattern in our life. Or maybe it's people. Maybe it's people, the, the fifth common cue. We've said it before that we become like the five people we spend the most time with. The five people that have the most influence in our lives. And a lot of studies have shown that the closer we are to someone, the, the more likely we will have the same habits that they have. There was a study done of, of 12,000 people over the course of 30 years. And that study revealed that, that the people that had overweight friends, it increased their chances by 57% that they would be overweight as well. With the people that had a friend that lost weight, their other friends would lose weight around a third of the time. We become like the people that we allow to have influence over our life. So if you're here today, you're watching with us online this morning, you don't like who you're becoming. You don't like the trajectory of your life, the direction that you're headed in right now. Consider your closest influences. Maybe instead you need to get out of that circle and you need to get into a circle of people moving in the direction that you want to go. That's why it's so important for you to be a part of a serve team here at Christ Walk. It's so important for you to be in a life group here at Christ Walk so that you can get around a circle of people and allow them to influence you and you influence them that we're all moving in the same direction. We're all trying to make a difference with the passion, skills, and abilities that God has given us. We're, we're all trying to point our arrow in the direction of Jesus and grow to become more like him. If you don't like the direction that you are headed get around some different people that are moving in a different direction proverbs 13 20 walk with the wise and become what wise but associate with fools and get in trouble we got to remove the cue Get around some different people. Get to some different places. Be aware that in this moment, it's typically when I do this or when I feel this way, it's typically when I give in to this bad habit. Be aware of that stuff and remove that out of our lives so that it's no longer the trigger or the temptation. Number two, not only do we have to remove the cue, but then we have to interrupt the action. We have to interrupt the action. We have to do something that, that creates a change. It makes it different. And this is where things, this is super, super practical. Okay, this is not like any kind of like, this isn't like overtly spiritual or anything. This is like very, very practical. Do you hit the snooze bar too much and end up oversleeping? The way you interrupt the, ac the action is to move the alarm clock or the phone like across the room. So that the only way you can get to it to turn it off is you have to get out of bed to do it. And then you're like, well, 
I'm up. Right? Don't pick the soothing alarm sound of birds chirping. You know, like the jungle rainforest. Don't let that be your alarm. Make it like fingernails on the chalkboard. You know, like that sound just over and over and over. So that you have to get up, walk across the room. I'm getting ready to blow someone's mind right here. This is going to help somebody. This is worth the price of admission. Are you racking up debt on your credit card? Cut that thing in half and throw it in the trash. (laughs) Fix that one. Right? You don't have to go there. You can interrupt the action. Don't keep it in your wallet. Get rid of that thing. Are you visiting inappropriate sites on your phone or your laptop? Install some accountability software. Don't put my email as the accountability. Like, find someone else. I don't want to know. But find somebody, your spouse, a trusted friend, your boss, whatever. Put in their email and then let all of of your reports go to them. There's ways around this, super practical, that, that we can interrupt the action so that we don't fall for it anymore. You and I, here's what we need to understand in this. We have a choice. Look at your neighbor and tell them, look at them right in the eyeballs and say, you have a choice. Do it. You have a choice. Some of you didn't do it. You chose not to. So you have a choice. Here's the truth. You can entertain temptation tomorrow or you can erase it today. You can entertain temptation tomorrow, or you can erase it today. Pastor Trevor talked about we we don't fix the problem where the problem is. We have to get upstream. We have to get out ahead of it, in front of it. We, We get upstream, and we create the solution before it ever becomes a problem. And yes, you are right if you are thinking, man, that's going to require some pretty extreme measures. Yes. If you want to change your life, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be like the concepts are simple, but actually doing it is quite difficult. There's going to be some places that you can no longer go to. There's going to be some activities that you can no longer participate in. There's going to be some people that unfortunately you can no longer associate with. Because those are the things the people that are bringing you down. But the question is, do you want to be well? Do you want things to be different? Do you want the trajectory of your life to change? If so, do something about it. Because the habits that you have today are going to dictate who you become tomorrow. So do you like the person that your habits are helping to create? If not, break the cycle. Remove the cue. Interrupt the action. See, the bad news is that Samson took over 50,000 steps in the wrong direction. The good news, Samson had over 50,000 chances to turn around and point his arrow in the direction of Jesus. And guess what? So do you.
you are not the sum of your past mistakes. You are who God says you are. You are never too far gone. You may be further from the Lord than you have ever been before, but you are never too far gone because we serve the God of second chances. And this morning, if that is you, here is what you have to do. You just have to turn around and take one step to get going in the right direction because there is hope when it comes to our habits. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and I'm closing with this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. When you are weak, he is strong. His power is greater than any pattern you have established in your life, and there is no habit that is too big, too bold, or too bad for God's healing power to help you break. And so this morning, as the band comes to lead us in worship, and we bring this message to a close, I can't think of a better way to do so than by us coming to the table together. You've got a cup like this, and your seat or in a seat near you. If you're watching with us online this morning, we invite you to participate in this communion with us by simply grabbing whatever you have on hand. We'll consecrate that before the Lord and we invite you to come to the table as well. At the table is where we experience the fullness of the power of God. His power to heal us and make us whole. His power to forgive us, to set us free. Taking the bread, this is the body of Christ that was broken so that you could be healed and made whole. Take and eat. Taking the cup, this is the blood of Christ that was poured out for the forgiveness of sin so that you and I could be set free. Take and drink. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your body and your blood, for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf so that we no longer had to be stuck in the cycle of sin, that we no longer have to be brought down by these bad habits that are moving us in a direction that we do not wish to go. Lord, that through your body that was broken, through your blood that was poured out, that that can break the cycle of those negative things, those bad habits, those wrong steps in our life. And that as we surrender our heart and life to you, your lordship and your direction for us, that we can get back on the right path. Lord, would you make that so in our hearts and lives today? Help us to make the tough decisions to remove the cues and interrupt the actions of our bad habits so that we can get our arrow pointed in your direction once again. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and declare all of these things. Amen.